Welcome back to the Bible Reading Podcast. My name is Brianna Shonat, and I am your host. We are finally here. We have finally made it. And you guys, we have something very special for you today. Um, this is not going to be one of your normal episodes. This is not going to be one of your run-of-the-mill episodes. It's going to be good. So hold on to your hats, open your hearts, hope you guys are ready to receive it. Even if this is not something you personally struggle with, I think we all can relate to this topic. And I know I'm starting off a little more, you know, serious <laughs> than usual, but it's because this is a topic that's been on our heart for a really long time and we've wanted to cover it and we wanted to talk about it and what better time to do it. Um, it's always a good time, but what better time to do it? And so we have two very special guests with us today that we cannot wait to introduce to you guys because they are seriously the most powerhouse married couple I've ever met <laughs> or ever had the pleasure of coming across their work. Um, they're incredible. They're awesome. Um, they, they, I know this is going to be weird to say, but they're not pastors, but they don't have to be. They, they are truly out there evangelists. Like, Oh my goodness. So excited to introduce you guys to Rashad and Caroline. We're talking about LGBTQ. We're talking about homosexuality. We're talking about transgenders. We're talking about it all today. It's mm. going to be good. Mm. So without further ado, how are you guys? We're Welcome. Welcome to Bible Reading Podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We're really happy to be here. You know, we just we uh, met each other doing ministry so we were both saved and we're actually going to be a year and four days so oh, yeah yeah know that. congratulations yeah. Yeah. thank you a lot of lessons learned yeah in our first year but a lot of growth yeah a lot of growth you know but god ha god has been good and um we're ready for what god has mm -hmm. in the hold for the second year mm -hmm. perfect yeah. how old are you guys tell me i'm 20 years old okay wow. i'm 22 Oh, wow. You guys are going to be blown away by the boldness that comes out of these two's mouths because, mm -hmm. wow, for such a for such an age, um, what boldness. And I'm saying such an age as if I'm 45. But <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if you guys didn't know yet, um, I will be 24 in July. Um, but yes, we're so happy to have you guys here. Um, one thing about this episode is that me and Nessa have wanted to tackle it, but we really, really wanted to wait and pray over having the right people and the right guests to talk about it and to tackle it properly. And um, we definitely wanted someone who or people who had a background in homosexuality and who also had a boldness about coming from the homosexual lifestyle so we really 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 think that this will bless you guys that this will you know open some eyes open some doors and just really you know we really want to dive into what the bible says mm -hmm. and as always with our guest episodes this is going to be a two-parter so at the end you know just stay tuned just know that this is not the end of the story we've got more coming so without further ado and without belaboring the point let's get into it yeah, Rashad talk yeah. to me yeah, so let's start with my testimony. <laughs> yes, okay. what is your testimony? So I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, both of my parents were spirit-filled Christians, so I knew about Jesus growing up. Um, when I was around eight years old, I was hanging out at one of my family members' houses, and they had the the show RuPaul's Drag Race playing on the TV. And so when they were playing this show, you know, I was just gazing at the TV, and I vividly remember one of the elders saying, um, Turn, turn that TV show off before this little boy decides to do the same things. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, the curiosity and confusion of my identity started to have its way in my life. Wow. Um, 
Fast forward to when I was 13 years old, uh, two of my peers introduced me to pornography. Uh, and mm-hmm. watching that, one day while roaming the internet, I came across gay porn. Wow. And that's when the spirit of homosexuality really started to like have its way in my heart. And going into high school, I started hanging around the wrong crowd. Um, I started taking basketball series. So what I would do is try to hide my sexuality behind sports, okay. you know, because I was dealing with so much confusion behind closed doors. But I found like a way to kind of escape that through sports, you know, uh, lifting weights, you know, playing with the guys and stuff like that. So moving forward to when I was around around 17 years old, I started to enact on those things that were introduced to me as a child. Wow. And the Bible talks about in Matthew chapter six, how your eyes are the lamp to your body. So when you allow darkness into your your eyes, you allow darkness into your body. And that's exactly what happened to me as a child. And that's why now when you look at this agenda, they're pushing it so much on the children because the children are like sponge. You know, they're like sponges. So when you push it on the children, you know, they take that in their influence when they get older and they start having sexual desires. So like, well, it's not wrong for me to like a woman. It's not wrong for me to like a man. Right. Or the same sex. So that's what happened to me. I'm 17 years old. Uh, I started to enact on these sexual desires and I got in a, a, a down low secret homosexual relationship with two males who planned on later transitioning to females. Wow. And so I'm doing this stuff and nobody really knows about it. Um, I'm just doing it behind closed doors, just on and off, just, just confused. And my senior year of high school, I end up getting a college basketball scholarship. I go to um, college and when I go to college, I have my parents there. Um, my parents are not there anymore. Well, let me take that out. My parents weren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in college alone. I have no standard, you know, so I don't have the, the, the I don't have to go to church. I don't have the Christian right. rule. I'm just myself now. Right. Um, I started dating this, dating this girl at the time. We fell into fornication. Um, I was having sex with guys and girls at the same time, like right. just doing stuff I wasn't supposed to do. So I was just in a very confused state. My first year of college, I ended up quitting. Uh, basketball um, and decided to pursue like my degree as a full-time student and I was just going through so much that lifestyle never brought peace like on social media I really didn't portray that I was gay Mm. Um, but I like everybody saw that lifestyle I was living like that that party type of life that cool type of life and it just never brought peace. You know, I was dealing with heavy, heavy anxiety. Like it's by the grace of God that I'm here right now speaking to you guys, eye contact, all that stuff, because I used to walk around sometimes with my head down, couldn't wow. look at people because um, I explained to people like a, the, the, the severity, the, what makes homosexual, all sin is equal, right? Right. But what the severity of homosexuality is, it's against your nature. It's against your will. Mm-hmm. Like it, it literally destroys you mentally, physically, spiritually, in all different types of levels. Um, even Jesus talked about how some demons are greater than other demons. So all sin is the same. Like if I, take this water bottle that's not mine and put it in my bag, that's different from me having sex with a man. They, yeah. all, lead, you know, they, they all lead, the practice of sin leads to The hell. practice of sin, all, all, of the, all of it leads to eternal yeah. hellfire judgment. Yeah. But, you know, like it's different frequencies. And I, I, I got to college, you know, um, where did I leave off at? I was, my second year of college, I, I was just going through a lot. I had a 0.66 GPA. Wow. I was going through so much. I was depressed. Um, and I just told myself, you know, I was just telling, just thinking to myself, I tried the drugs, I tried the sex, I tried the homosexuality, all these things to try to please myself. But 
you know, let me try Jesus because I grew up in a Christian home and the word of God is so true. And we're going to get into that, you know, how, yeah. why we should rely on the word of God and not culture and, and not our own standards, because the word of God says that when you train up a child in the word, the it will stay go. with them. Yeah. yeah, it will. It will stay with them no matter what they do. They can go into the LGBTQ yeah. lifestyle. They can. Uh, go into the streets, whatever they'll do, it will stay with them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was for me. Like my parents raised me in the word. I, w- I grew up in the church, but I still had that word inside of me. I still knew what I was doing was wrong. I wow. still had that conviction, right? Right. Um, though they couldn't control what I was doing out there in the world, but I, I still had what they had taught me, you know, and what you know I grew up on. Yeah, that's so good. And um, I said, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, I tried the drugs, I tried the sex, I tried all these things to try to fulfill myself, you know, let me try Jesus. And so I said a simple prayer one day in my dorm room. I said, Lord, I know if I die tonight, I got a free ticket in my pocket to hell. Wow. But the only way I'm going to serve you is if you show me that you're real, because mm, my grandma up. tells you, tell, tells me that you're real. My mom tells me that you're real. Everybody in my family knows that you're real. Uh, my pastor can even tell me that you're real, but I need to experience you for myself. Yeah. Because I knew as a Christian, I didn't want to be a hypocritical Christian. I didn't want to give up the fornication. I didn't want to give up the the homosexuality. I knew I had to give these things up for, for God, but I didn't want to give it up for a fake God. Yeah. Wow. I didn't want to give these things up for a fake God. So I said, you know, Lord, you're going to have to show me that you're real. And I said that prayer kind of just went to sleep, shook it off, um, continued to live in sin for a couple more days. And one day... Um, I'm going to add this part into my testimony. Um, I believe in soul ties because the Bible talks about it. Yes. And I've experienced not only by what the Bible says, but I've also experienced it myself. Yes. The males that I used to have sex with, they had, um, they dealt with like transgenderism. So like that's the, that's the spirit that they were struggling with and battling. Yeah. And so I started to get like the same stuff that they were dealing with. It started to deal with me. Like I started having urges to become more feminine. Um, wow. I started buying dresses, getting my nails done. Wow. Kind of like altering be- between boy and female. Kind of right, like yeah. how some of the guys in today's culture are doing. Right. Um, and that's why I can discern that stuff through the Holy Spirit. Is like there's something off. There's something going on spiritually when when you see a man kind of altering his way or mm-hmm. wearing lipstick or wearing makeup now and right. heels and stuff like that. It's, it's something that's going on spiritually. It's not something that they just woke up one day and said, I'm going to do. Right. You know, it's kind of like I'm trying to see what's going like if, if this will work or and that's what is exactly, entertaining the spirit. entertaining the spirit kind of like how we spoke about spiritual warfare and how yeah those things do attach to you depending on what you watch what you wear who you're around like those soul ties soul ties are so real i'm so glad that you said that because right. we did discuss that um on the spiritual warfare episode but yeah right. continue go ahead yeah they're most definitely real and i started to get these urges to become more feminine mm-hmm. um now as i look back the enemy was really trying to get me to change my gender because right. we'll get into that later. The spirit of homosexuality does not just start with, start with a man wanting to wear makeup and wanting to wear heels and wanting to do that. And there's some men who are like, um, who look heterosexual, but mm-hmm. are dealing with the spirit at the same time. Wow. But most of the time it attacks men who have like a creative gift, maybe in music or maybe yeah. in the arts. Yeah. And it doesn't just stop at them being feminine is is to alter their gender, you know, and, and, and lead to trans transgenderism and stuff. And that's exactly Different what levels it, of perversion. Right. Yes. And and that's exactly what the enemy wanted to do with me. Yeah. So it's February of 2021. I had just said this prayer a couple of days before and I'm hanging out with one of my friends and I had that day I had on a crop top, a jean jacket, um, 
silk pants and white acrylic toenails because I used to get my nails done and stuff. And I'm out there just, you know, I was just hanging out with one of my friends. And that day I left, I went back into my truck. And when I went in my truck, I went to go turn the ignition and I like I felt a presence in my truck. It's February 2021. Mm -hmm. And I looked to the passenger side. And when I looked to the passenger side, boom, the Holy Spirit just hit me right there. Mm -hmm. I felt the presence of God so strongly. It was like a love of fear and conviction, the love, fear and conviction of God. I felt it in the car and I lifted my hands in my truck. I said, Lord, I give the homosexuality up. Amen. I give the my, my sinful desires up. I don't want to live for this world anymore. I want to follow your ways. You have shown Hallelujah. me that you're real and I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. And um, that day, the Holy Ghost just started to speak to me. Like yeah. this started, I just started feeling the Holy Spirit so strongly, you know, and I just started like hearing from the Holy Spirit, like you're going to tell your mom everything that happened to you today because my my mom had been praying for me. Yeah. She didn't know that I was that deep in the world, but she knew I was in the world. So she would pray for my sister because my sister was also delivered from that lifestyle as well. Wow. Okay. And so she would pray for us and stuff, but she didn't really know the 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 deepness of how how right. deep I was in the world. And so she, the Holy Spirit was just telling me, like, you're going to tell your mom everything that you're going to you're, you, you that happened to you tonight. And I was like, why do you want me to do that? Mm -hmm. And he said, in doing so, you're going to find breakthrough. Yeah. And so I fought with it for a couple of days. You know, I'm just saved. I, I just got saved. I'm like, you know, I've, you've, you know, a new feeling when you get saved, you know, right. where you like you feel free and you're like, wow, this is a new. Sorry, guys, a new walk, a new path. And um, one day I just got a, I just felt the courage to just call my mom and I called her. And when I called her, like when she said hello, it's like the Holy Spirit just took over mm. me. Wow. And everything came out. I was like, Mom, I used to bring guys into your house and wow. have um, sex in the bedrooms and this, that, and yeah. the third. I used to mm. um, do this, do that behind your, your back. I used to steal your clothes. I used to do this. Wow. I used to wear this, mm. do that. And I told we were on the phone probably for about an hour, hour, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And and you confessed everything. I confessed everything to yeah. her. Yeah. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. For sure. Yeah. And she told me right after after I told her all that, you know, which was a lot for a mother to handle at once. But she just told me, she said, thank you for telling me. And in doing so, you're going to find breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And when so she used the same words that the Holy, the Spirit, Holy Spirit spoke to me. To yeah, she's like, yeah. in doing this, like you, you're about to have a breakthrough in your life. And wow. it was, was a, which was a confirmation of what the Holy yeah. Spirit had told me before. Praise God. And so when she hanged up the phone, I laid back on my bed. And when I laid back in my bed, uh, on my on my bed, I felt like the like in the spirit, it was like the devil had like released the chokehold off of me. Wow. It was like from the time I was eight years old when I was watching that show, when he started to have his way in my, my heart, it was like from that time all the way to the time when I got saved in February of 2021, I was 20 years old. It was like he had chains on me, right. you know? Yeah. But like, it's like he finally could release his hands off of me. Wow. And I could feel in the spirit, like the spirits of homosexuality, the spirits of of darkness just leave me like right then and there wow. and I started to smile I like I smiled like I just felt free I yeah. smiled and like that's my my story of salvation ever since then ever since that time in February of 2021 I haven't went back to the homosexuality I haven't went back to drugs 
the the even though drugs was in my my stronghold, mm-hmm. I did I while being in the world, I, I had done it before you right. know you i hadn't that. touched it i hadn't went back to the homosexuality the pornography all these things and it was not easy you know i used to be in my dorm room um weeks after i got saved that's when the enemy comes back and says hey watch porn you know right. watch porn and i remember i would just be in my bed like just just holding my fist like literally holding my fist and just breathing in and out because i had faith that god had delivered me and that I would never turn back to it. Right. But I still needed to put works in, yes. in my own natural life. The Bible talks about how faith without works is dead. Yes. So I still needed to put like my own natural will towards what, there's yeah, some effort towards like staying away from that stuff. And each time I like abstain and abstain, you know, the Lord just started to grow me more and more uh, spiritually. Um, I would be, I was like a month saved and I'll be around other Christians and they would, they would probably think I was saved for the rest of my whole life because of the way that the Lord was just pruning me and yeah, equipping and me. And delivered you. I was yeah. in my word and I was just like, that's really where the boldness came because mm-hmm. I used to be timid when I was in the world. So reading the word and seeing the way that the apostles would speak and seeing the way that Jesus would speak and the way that the world portrays Jesus to be this loving guy who doesn't care about sin and does you can just do whatever you want to do and you know there's no such thing as heaven or hell right. i'm reading the bible and i'm reading jesus's teachings mm-hmm. and the apostles i'm like whoa and it's like the boldness just started to come like i need to preach this i need to get on, on you're on, preaching on, straight off the bible i'm pre- preaching straight off the yes. bible yes mm-hmm. and um i got saved in february of 2021 i met my wife in february of 2022 she was already saved um and we just met through doing ministry and uh we got married four months later Ooh, uh june I love 15. That. <laughs> yeah. they 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 our listeners know i'm i'm, I'm heavy on that early marriage yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so we got married four months later june 15th we're actually about to celebrate our first year of marriage um yeah. next thursday on the 15th so <laughs> um it. we're just excited for what god has in store my yeah. wife and i we have a mission to um, not not to save not just the LGBTQIA plus community, mm-hmm. but everybody in this world, yes. you know, who needs Jesus, you and know, edify the body to yeah, and edify the body of yeah. Christ. Jude one twenty three. I'm gonna let my wife go, but uh, Jude twenty one three uh, talks about how we we should, some sinners we need to snatch them out the fire mm. and rescue them from the fire, and that's one thing that spoke to my wife and I with our platform is. We want to use our, our platform to glorify God. It's urgent. And to, and, and, and to snatch people out that yeah. fire and also edify the ones who have already came out of that, which is the body of Christ. Right. It's edifying and, 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 um, and win souls. So that's my, that's my story. Yeah. So powerful. So, so good. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I, I know it's a podcast, but you, you guys literally brought me to tears. Like, the story brings me to tears because it's so real. Right. God is so real yeah. and, and so magnificent and more than you can ever think of. Right. And um, it it's not often you hear such powerful deliverance stories where you can feel it. Like, you can feel, oh, the Holy Spirit was present. You know, like, he, you know, um, I I grew up in church as well. And you guys know that. um, But I I grew up in church as well. And I have, um, thankfully, the Lord spared me from a more serious testimony. Like, I did not get too deep into it. But I've also had a run-in and a brush-in with homosexuality and homosexual lifestyle. So hearing you describe how... 
it just took one look at right. something. It right. just took one interaction, you know, and that started to influence how I thought and how I viewed um, being sexual and all that stuff. Um, in my case, it was a friend I had who identified as pansexual, which mm -hmm. just means, or at the time, she had identified as pansexual. She is now mm -hmm. fully transgender. Mm -hmm. But um, it it was, at the time, um, she had just identified as pansexual, which just means that she's attracted to all types of people. Right. doesn't matter man, female, whatever, however. And so that friendship influenced me to start wanting to look at porn, to mm. start wanting to message random men and get that that sexual attention. Um, and it influenced me to want to, you know, kiss her, be with her in that way. And when you were talking about how you were so miserable in that lifestyle, right. like I, I fervently remember being miserable. I, I remember being depressed, being more anxious, mm. never really having to experience those things before, but fully experiencing them whenever I was around her or texting her or, you know, anything like that. And looking back, it wasn't even love, right. wasn't even attraction, wasn't mm. even affection. Like, I can see the differences in, you know, my marriage versus mm. what I thought I had with her. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, that was not it. Like that was the furthest thing right. from what God had for me and right. what yeah. was natural for me to have. And so I remember being so depressed you know, so anxious, fearful all the time, never at peace. And I had, um, I'll never forget this, but I had a friend who she's been my childhood friend for forever. And we were not talking at the time while I was in this lifestyle and right. while I was dealing with this. And I was probably 16 at the time, 15, 16 at the time. And I remember when we reconciled, when me and my friend reconciled after I um, had ended the lifestyle, when we reconciled, she said, I would see you at church and I would see you around and your face, you looked so downcast and mm. dead inside yeah. all the time. Mm. And I knew something was wrong with you. Like mm. something was going on with you. Mm. You would laugh and joke around with people, but I could see it behind the mask of, you know, being happy, like that you were so devastated by whatever was happening right. in your life. And so I'll never forget that she told me that because that's how I had felt. And it wasn't until I went to church camp and the girl did not attend. Um, my friend did not attend at the mm. time. And I, at the time I was, you know, so sad about that. I was like, dang it, I gotta go alone, you know, but the Lord really was separating, you know, us yeah. for, for his glory and his works. And I was at church camp and for all you parents listening out there, send your kids to camp. Yeah. Keep taking them to church. Mm, yeah. right. Keep praying for them. Don't Amen. stop it because pays it pays off. You yeah. never know what God is going to do Amen. or how God will show up for your children. Mm. So you need to keep showing up for your kids. But I went to church camp and um, I remember that they had an altar call and on one half of the room, half the students were kind of passed out or on the floor. Mm. And then there was another half that were still kind of in the chairs that were just standing there, you know, kind of worshiping, kind of in it, kind of not. And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying to me, Brianna, the ones that are on the floor aren't the ones that are dead. 
Mm. You've been living lukewarm for me. Mm. One foot in, one foot out. You want to stand and be in the back and kind of be halfway in. And you also want to be on your knees and on your face for me. But you've been lukewarm and I need you to choose. Because the door of life will close soon. And you need to make sure you're on the side of life and not on the side of death. Mm. So immediately after that was spoken to me, (laughs) I was like, okay, I I hear you, you know, and I quickly transitioned and got onto the other side and immediately fell on my face, fell on my back out in the spirit. And God touched me, spoke to me. Um, People came over and prayed over me and immediately, like Rashad, you're describing, lifted. Right. Completely delivered. Never had the desire again. Never Mm. had the want. Never had the thought. It's just gone. Mm. And immediately I repented and turned around and dropped all contact with the girl, dropped all contact with the friendship, you know, made new friends that Mm. were godly and Christian centered and Bible believing Christians and just completely turned my life around. And then less than, um, about, uh, I met my husband at, I was 18 when I met my husband. Okay. So, um, uh, I was about 16, 15 dealing with that. And then I went to church camp around my 17th birthday. And then by my 18th, I met my husband and we married about two years later. And, you know, we've been together ever since. Um, It'll be four years now in September. But, yeah, so when we talk about this, when we talk about LGBTQ, when we – LGBTQIA, when we speak about these things, many Christians aren't speaking about it from just nowhere. You know, it's not just coming from, you know – what we hear. What Most of the time it's from what we've experienced. It Like even if you haven't personally struggled with it – you know someone who has. You've cried out in prayer for someone who has. Yes. Like this this is something and like we were saying like this is something that's near and dear to our hearts because it's so prevalent almost today that right. it's insane. Like you can't yeah. turn around without looking. It's almost become a new religion right. the way that the world celebrates it and it's so antithetical to what God's word says and there's such a fight against to discredit what God's word says that it has to be addressed there has to be boldness when we talk about it because it is destroying lives it is destroying lives and families and generations it is and so all that to say is um you know, you got me tearing up because it's just so powerful. Like God is so good and so powerful and so merciful and so full of love that it's just incredible. You you can't know it until you know it. And he is better than anything the world has to offer. Mm -hmm. He's better than your desires. He's better than your wants, than your, than anything you think you need. Like Jesus is so much better and everything is so much better his way. Right. But, Caroline, <laughs> where were you in all this? Rashad was, you know, being the crazy one. Like, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where, where yeah. were you? <laughs> yeah, so while Rashad was in the world, you know, I was also I was also in the world. And so I can relate a lot to your testimony mm-hmm. because I feel like when a lot of people hear my husband's testimony and he shares my part, like a, a little piece about drugs and stuff like that. But it's really because he mentions anxiety, depression. And so I kind of just fill in you know because God also delivered me from anxiety and depression and drugs and things like that but what God I would say mainly delivered me from was a lukewarm lifestyle oh yeah so good yeah so I 
don't even like saying that I grew up in church because a lot of people grew up in church and don't grow up in Christ. But I grew up in Christ like I knew the Lord Wow. at a young age. It wasn't like I grew up in church, but I didn't really know him. You hear that a lot. Right. But I knew Jesus like I knew who he was. I was like a young preacher. Yeah. <laughs> if you told me you didn't believe in Jesus, I would go home and cry and pray for you because wow. I knew he was so real. You know, yeah. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was introduced to uh, Jesus at five years old yeah. and it wasn't even by my parents. It was by a random lady in a car dealership. And like my, <laughs> yeah, it's so random. That's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. And actually when I mentioned Jesus to my parents, I was like, so who is God? I was like five years old and it like wow. it shook them. And I think that's what made them start going to church again. Wow. So, but they did know Christ. They just never told me about him. Wow. So at seven, my parents separated okay. and I was like, you know, really sad. They divorced and stuff like that. And I just remember having my first like supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. It was just in my bed. I just felt like this, you know, God's uh, subtle, soft voice told me to sit in the bed and just uh, put the cover over my head. Mm. And I just didn't understand like why he wanted me to do that. And it was because he knew he was going to, I was going to have an encounter with him and I was going to cry. But my older sister was in the room sleeping and he knows like, I can't cry in front of her. Okay. So I just felt so comfortable to cry with like the blanket yeah. over my head. But I knew the Lord. Fast forward to, uh, I would say middle school. I started, you know, just hanging around the wrong crowd and things like that. I didn't go to, I wasn't around the best, the best influence. And around high school, I got into a relationship my freshman year. And with this person, you know, I condone in, in, in smoking weed, fornication, you know, all these things. And it started off at first, like, let me just try it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then it ended up being like heavier drugs. Mm -hmm. I started smoking this for years, you know, year after year. I, would, I think like four years just smoking weed every day. Wow. You know, and um, the person I was with was very accessible to all these drugs. Right. And so like I never had to pay for it. You know, I just always had access to it. Wow. I was telling my husband, I think yesterday, like the enemy is like a way maker too, you know, like a demonic wow. way maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to make a way. Mm -hmm. If you want to sin, yeah. he's going to give you, he's going to put you up on right. a pedestal, Open give you doors. everything that right. you want. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, I got really depressed around 2020. Mind you, my relationship with God is like, you know, God, like I don't want anything to do with God. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus. You know, I just wanted to live my life. But around 2020, I was like really depressed and um, I just completely stopped eating. You know, that's how depressed I was. And I wasn't I didn't stop eating because like I wanted to lose weight or anything like it was just I'd had no appetite. That's how wow. sad I was. And so I would try to smoke to try to maybe gain an appetite. Right. But it just it just wasn't working. And so, you know, when you don't eat, you get headaches. Yeah. And so instead of eating, which I should have, I'll just take pain relievers every day to right. like get rid of the migraines and stuff. And to numb it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's been months. I've lost crazy weight. Mm -hmm. I'm already not the I'm naturally small. Right. <laughs> so everyone's looking at me like Caroline. Like, you keep losing weight. Wow, you're so skinny. Yeah. You know, like, what's wrong? What's going on? And I would say it was around October where I reached, like, the lowest point of, like, my, like, life or depression, you can say. And I just remember, I remember um, these pains started, like, going on in my stomach. 
And I'm like, what's going on? You know, and it, it happened to be that my stomach started like eating at itself, you know, right. cause I, yes. like I haven't ate, I, I have stopped eating. Right. And so like it developed like, you know, like, um, ulcers, yeah, ulcers. ulcers and yeah. stuff like that. And so, uh, it was around this time where the person who I was dating was just like messing with other women. And I was just so sad. And I just said, God, one day I just said, you know, Jesus, like I just said, forgive me. You mm-hmm. know, I said, um. I promise if you take this depression away, I'll stop smoking weed. You know, I'll break up with my boyfriend. I'll do, I'll do, I'll, I'll get right. If you just take this depression away from me, cause it hurts so much to even gain conscious to even like wake up in the morning and gain conscious. Like wow. I was like, that's why I would like smoke so much, you know, I'll be high all the time. Right. To numb it. Yeah. And so it was, um, the guy, he ended up leaving. And then, um, when he left, that's what really made me like, Okay, I need you, Jesus, because this is not working. And so in a week and a half of spending time with the Lord, a week and a half of being sober and just like really relying on God for for me to even be sober for 24 hours, it was only God. It was only Jesus wow. being at his feet. And in a week and a half, he like just delivered me from depression. Wow. And I tell people it's supernatural because like this took me months. Like I was I had I was in heavy depression for months. Like my husband said, I tried the drugs, you know, weed, LSD, ecstasy, all these things. I tried the sex with other people, whatever it is, partying. It just didn't work. Nothing would fill the void. Yeah. And then just a week and a half of spending time with the Lord, he just healed my depression. But um, this is where it gets like really big into my testimony. I actually ended up going back to the guy. And this time it's crazy that I felt strong enough to let him go. But I decided, like, you know, sin is a choice. Yeah. You know, and I was very hard-headed. <laughs> and I decided yes. to just, like, well, maybe, like, I can I can be with him now because I feel better or something. Right, right. It, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, I was like, we just talked about last week the wisest man in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Insisting on mm-hmm. loving all those wives anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Even though he knew better. So no judgment, girl. Just tell the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, mind you, this guy is someone God told me over and over not to be with. Like, I knew better. But I went back to him. And the night after the the second day of being with him again, you know, we went to this theme park. It's called Bush Gardens yes. in Tampa. Yes. So <laughs> we went there and I did everything I promised God I wouldn't do. You know, I smoked, I drank, I had sex. I did it all. Right. And on our way back from Bush Gardens, it was like 1 a.m., you know, on our way back, I ended up getting in a car accident. Yeah. So I got in a car accident. And if you were to look at the car, like literally it's, it's like an imaginary line. His side of the car was completely fine. And my side was like messed up. Every time we hit something, we hit a, like a a light post outside. Then we hit a house. It was like all on my side and he didn't fall asleep. Nobody hit us. You know, it's like the car really just pulled Wow. And um, I was asleep. And then I just heard him saying, like, you know, just cursing, you know, and I'm like, I just woke up and I was like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden it's like, like the car just started like crashing and stuff. So, yeah, I ended up fracturing my tailbone. I bruised my rib. But by the grace of God, you know, I am alive. Right. But the night after my car accident, um, I actually had an encounter with Satan in my room. (gasps) And, Tell us about that. Yeah. And the way it was, was um, 
I went, I was with my mom at her house. I wasn't living with her anymore. You know, I'm like young. I'm like 17, not living with my mom. I'm just, I'm just a mess (laughs) right now, Right. you know? (laughs) And so I just decided to be with her. And my mom has this really big like bed and it was my mom, my little sister, Angie and me all the way to the left. And I was just laying there reading my Bible because I'm like, I almost died. You know, the least I can do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The least I can do is let me get in my word. Yes. And so I'm reading my Bible and the room is pitch black. Like Mm -hmm. I can only see my Bible because I'm using my phone screen to light Mm -hmm. up like my Bible. And I'm reading my Bible and all of a sudden I just feel this demonic presence in the room. It was like so strong and I just felt it right in my face, but I couldn't see it because it was so dark. And the Holy Spirit immediately revealed to me that it was the spirit of death, you know? And for some reason, not for some reason, but the Holy Spirit, he just gave me boldness. And I was like trying to look at it, but I couldn't, I couldn't see it. (laughs) Couldn't see it because it's so dark. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm fine. Let me just continue reading my word. And as I'm reading my word, I heard someone whisper my name, but it was like they were struggling. So I was like, Caroline. (laughs) It was literally like that. And so at that point, I got scared, you know, like. I, I even stopped breathing. Like, I don't know if you ever stopped breathing to hear a conversation when you were younger. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, I just stopped breathing, trying to hear, like, where the where the noise was coming from, you know? Right. And I realized that the voice was coming from my mom. But before that, I'm like, I'm not crazy. I promise I'm sober. I'm sober. I'm sober. Like, I'm hearing this going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rashad, you yeah. ain't got to do her I like that. <laughs> I heard it twice. So the second right. time, I'm like, it's my mom. Right. So I jump over my little sister, and I'm, like, shaking my mom because she's sleeping. I'm like, mom, mom, like, wake up, wake up. Yeah. And she woke up, and she was like, <gasps> Oh my gosh, you know, Caroline, thank God you woke me up. I was having a sleep paralysis, mm. you know, and I was just trying to warn so you. You both were yeah. experiencing yeah, it. The same thing. So it's real. You know, the the the, yeah. the, the spiritual realm is real. Yeah. Demons are real. Yes. God is real. <laughs> yes. You know, and yeah, so she was struggling to say my name. And she was just telling me, like, I, I was just trying to warn you that there's something here for you. She said that the minute I came in the room, she was half asleep, but she felt like the this, presence, the following, presence following me. Wow. Like, but she was like stuck the whole time. Even when I was opening my Bible and reading it, she was stuck the whole time. Wow. She was conscious of what was going on. And um, yeah, so she said, thank God you woke me up. You know, um, I was just trying to warn you that there's something here for you. And I said, yeah, Ma, like, I know. And my mom told me I'm scared. And when my mom told me that, mind you, my mom is a, is a powerful woman of God. She trained me up in the word, but I'd never heard my mom say she's scared. You know, wow. usually as a kid, you're like, yeah. so when I heard my mom say that, it's like, I got this, like, I was like this anger, this righteous anger. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean you're scared? Ma? Yeah. I said, you know, get up. We're going to pray. Wow. And so, so we good. prayed and the demon immediately went away. You know, demons have to bow down to the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It just literally they have to flee. Yeah. They have to flee. So the demon literally just fleed. But in that moment, I realized like it reminded me there's a real spiritual warfare for your soul. Yes, there is. And so that was the shift of like um, getting my life back 
you know, right with, with the Lord, but I was very hard headed. Mm -hmm. You know, you would think, you would think after that I got right and I didn't. You want to talk about how weed opened doors for other drugs like yeah. acid? Yeah. LSD, weed. Yeah. And even, um, people call it a gateway drug. Mm -hmm. You know, right. it is a demonic right. gateway drug. It really yeah. opens doors. So yeah, it opened doors, um, to all these other drugs. You know, weed just wasn't enough. I just needed a, a bigger high. Mm -hmm. I would smoke weed and still feel sober. I'll smoke the quote unquote best weed in town mm -hmm. and it just wasn't enough I so feel nothing yeah yeah i remember being so high off of like lsd you know and um what that drug does if you don't know it's like uh it's like this tab this little like paper almost and you put it in your tongue and you let it dissolve in your tongue and okay. you just start seeing crazy things like walls are melting everywhere trees begin yeah. to talk to you that's why a lot of people like it they say that the trees gave them wisdom and i mm. and they say that trees and animals talk to them i do believe they were talking to you it was demons, demons talking yeah, to you i yeah. do believe yeah. you've seen what you've seen mm -hmm. <laughs> right. you know and i remember being in the car so high off of it and my boyfriend at the time was very high off of it and i just remember saying wow like I'm so high that if we were to crash right now, I wouldn't even be able to physically feel that I'm dying. Mm. You know, I would have no time to repent. Like I knew, like I can barely capture a thought right now. And so I've just had a very dark moments on drugs and, um, and stuff like that. And like you said, I loved your testimony that you said, God literally warned you like, Hey, you need to get right. Yeah. Because God literally warned me, you know, after being so hard headed, after all these experience, all these warnings, he would like literally reveal to me in dreams how I would die. You know, mm. like, wow. Hey, you're around these people and he'll give me dreams of like shootings. And maybe that, that the shooter didn't have an issue with me, but like in the spiritual realm, the enemy was after me. So he was showing me how, hey, like you're going to die. Right. You know, like the, 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 there's a real warfare after your soul. And I had a dream of, of that I was dying. And in the dream, I was just crying out to the Lord. I really thought I died. I, to this day, don't know if I died. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it was, it was so real. Mm -hmm. and I remember crying out to the Lord and I was like, God, like, I'm so sorry. Like, please forgive me. I didn't know where I was going. Right. And God warned me many times my destination. And I, that's why I don't believe in once saved, always saved. You know, if you believe in not only is it not biblical, the Bible tells us numerous times. Right. If you practice sin deliberately, there's no more sacrifice for wow. your sins. You, you yes. literally don't want it. Right. You know, and uh, it's of grace. Yeah. It's not like right. it's, God doesn't snatch you out of the hands of God. I mean, out of the the enemy can't snatch you out of the hands of God, but you can't choose to walk away. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, God literally told me, like, "Hey, like, I'm I'm tired of you. <laughs> you yeah. need to get right." And so that was my process of getting right with the Lord. And you know, eventually, God gave me the strength to let go of weed, to let go of all these things. But my greatest stronghold was definitely, was definitely, definitely drugs. And for anybody, you know, I know the main topic of this thing is LGBT. Mm -hmm you know, IA and uh, homosexuality, all these things. But for those who do hear this, who are also struggling with drugs yeah. or lukewarm lifestyle, I would say that the main thing that kept me in bondage was condemnation. Wow. You know, mm. I couldn't get out of it because I always felt like I was unworthy of being forgiven. When I did want to read a Bible, it was like, who do you think you are? You know, right. the enemy would just begin to speak to me. And um, literally my process was if I smoked, I didn't care 
I would still go and read my Bible, you know, and a lot of people may disagree with me. But as I continue to read the word and as I continue to pray, yes, I messed up this morning. Yes, I messed up last night. But as I continue to read the word, it was better than not doing it at all. And like the the desires and all these things begin to. Yeah, I'm getting true. So I'm being fed in. So I'm being filled. And it was a process. But I started being filled to the point where there was no room for drugs. Right. You know, so that was my that was my it was my deliverance. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's that's my testimony. So powerful. Um, when you met Rashad, did you feel like, oh, this is my person? <laughs> like you get me, I get you. This is our testimony. Our spirits were meant to meet like that. Like, did you feel any like because for me personally, like coming from my testimony, when I met my husband, like <laughs> that was the first conversation we had. Like, or one of the first conversations wow. after the whole, hey, how are you? Fine. Yeah. You know, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I, when I realized, oh, okay, I think I might want to date this man or right. I want to be with him. The first question was, of course, do you love Jesus? Do you love the Lord? Mm. And then after he said, yes, I was like, okay, cool. Here's what I've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, here's my life. Here's yeah. my life story. Mm. Take it or leave it. And I mean, like, this was like the first week. I was about to go out of town. I had nothing to lose. Like right. <laughs> this was the first week I was like, okay, Lord, if, if he's here, if, if he's the person for me, here's my testimony mm-hmm. here. Here's my experiences. Um, what do you think? And right. you know, um, of course my husband accepted and loved me and, you know, told me his stuff and, you know, we, we were able to be reconciled that way and move forward. Right. So did you guys feel that way with, within your marriage? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's one thing that got us married so quick because yeah. we met, online through doing because I was doing videos and podcasts and stuff and my videos God had graced it enough to reach like millions of people all across the world and so there was a lot of females who would like reach out and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but I was very discernful on distrusting in the Lord because I had fell into a relationship where I was pursuing a woman just based off my flesh and mm-hmm. what I wanted, not really based on what I needed for my purpose. That's and um, God shut down these doors real quick. And so when I when he shut down these doors, it wasn't too far um, to when I met my wife, but I was very discernful on who I would pursue as my my wife. And I just knew the way, the, the, the assignment that God had on my life, the way that I speak, the way that I preach, some of the stuff that he's called me to say, mm-hmm. there is some woman that couldn't back me up for that you know what i mean like certain convictions that we couldn't align with you know even mm. if we were in the faith like yeah are you okay with the way i preach this is the assignment that god has on my life and yeah. things like that so when i met my wife and we didn't even know like we got she had a question for me like i would get a whole bunch of dms of people asking questions about the bible stuff like that she had a question about fasting which i was explaining to her through text so she like i was dming her and she i was like I really need to get this to her. So I said, you know, here's my number. Just give me a call whenever, like, this very pure, you know, yeah, this brother yeah. and sister. And she called me, um, and we got on the phone, and it ended up, ended up, it ended up being a seven-hour Bible study. Wow. Just a deep Bible like, study. A deep Bible study. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just about the Word. Yeah. And but before that, I, I had seen you on social on media. Social media. Yeah. This yeah. was maybe... We we got on the phone in February, yeah. But in December of 2021, right. I came across his page. I don't even know how I started following him for real exactly. Yeah. But I remember seeing his like 
videos and I showed it to my mom because I was with her that day and I was like mom like look at this guy like this I said wow this is exactly how God is about to use me and I didn't know that I was looking at my husband you know I just felt the same assignment yeah Yeah. but yeah yeah we just felt the same assignment (laughs) you know just being friends we would get on the phone multiple times after that would just be like eight nine hour bible studies just like studying the bible uh talking about Christ and she had feelings for me. I had feelings for her. <laughs> yeah. But we were very discernful on how to uh, how to go about that because yeah. we knew that we just didn't want to go off our flesh alone. Yeah. And so the spirit of God had revealed to me that this was my wife. And so one day I was just like, I just felt that fire like that, just like to, just to tell her. And I ended up telling her. She ended up telling me she felt the same. And um, we got into a courtship immediately. You know, wow, I didn't ask so her, good. can I, can I, can you be my girlfriend? Uh, can you be my friend? Let's see how this goes. I said, you know, Caroline, I, I want to pursue you as my wife. He said, and he said, will you allow me? Will you to allow pursue- me to pursue you as my wife? Yeah. And so good. She said yes. And from that day on, everything was laid out on the table. Yeah. I'm an open book. Even with people who ask me, like, so what did you do? And exactly, in right. I would tell them because yeah. I have nothing to hide mm-hmm. but our our the reason why we got married so fast was because there was like nothing to hide it was just everything was out we there. were very was, very truthful right yeah. very transparent with each other mm-hmm. before we even became friends though God right. had spoken to me in December right yeah. yeah he he had spoken to me you know he I was just randomly just doing something you know random that day and I just felt the, um God speak to me and he said you know get ready because you're gonna meet your husband really soon I have your husband ready for you wow. and you're gonna meet him really soon right. you know and I don't believe God will ever force you to marry somebody right marriage is a choice you know yes. you can yes. choose to be like oh, I'm good on that you know right. or whatever it is or hey this is someone for me right. but God had spoke to me before but what's crazy is when I met him and I was catching feelings for him I did not remember that word at all mm. it wasn't till like way in the middle of our courtship that I remembered that word you know and so I'm actually glad it went that way Mm -hmm. so because it was just like God moving you know Mm -hmm. wow so yeah Yeah. and um we're we're gonna have to put a pin in it um we're still gonna keep talking but we'll have to put a pin in marriage because Mm -hmm. I want to talk about how marriage is designed between a male and a female and Mm -hmm. I want to get into the word and I want to talk about how God has ordained that from the beginning Mm. how it's littered through scripture that that's how it is supposed to be and why we can back that up um uh so let we're going to come back to marriage for sure it's going to be great um one thing i wanted to ask you guys and you both can answer for you know you both can answer but how should we as christians approach people who struggle with the sin of homosexuality um just to kind of bring it a little a little bit back um how should we approach people who do struggle with the sin? Rashad, okay. you want to take that one? With truth and love. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, it's crazy because Paul was talking to the church. He said, in the church, we should approach each other and correct each other with truth and love. Mm-hmm. So how much more will God want us to reach the world? If he tells us in the church to have truth and love, to to correct each other, with edify each other in, in, with truth and love, mm-hmm then with the world, we need to be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a lot of churches have compromised when it comes down to LGBTQ for multiple reasons, whether it's money, um, whether it's I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, as a believer, you really don't love somebody if you see them walking straight to hell Mm -hmm. and you're not willing to pull them out and say, hey, at least tell them, hey, you know, there's a hole out, out this door. And if you walk through this door, 
if you're not precautious, you could fall in the hole and there's no way of coming back up, mm -hmm. you know? And so one thing I realized in this season <clears throat> is to, you got cer certain type of Christians who just go in this bash with no love. They're just like out there. It's a sin, this, that, and the third. And you got some who are, who have, who, who, uh, how do you say, um, disguise, disguise a, a rebuke in slander. Where yes. they just like mm. to slander the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really you have really, no love. It's like a self-righteous. Yeah, like a mm -hmm. self-righteous yeah. type of vibe. But you really have to reach that community with the Holy Spirit, but with the truth. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell my brothers and sisters who are in that community, hey, there is a reality of heaven and hell. And if you don't repent of your sins and turn away from that wickedness, and not only that wickedness, but any wickedness that you're doing, that you are practicing, right. that you will inherit eternal eternal fire mm -hmm. but hey there is hope for you jesus loves you he has a yeah. purpose for you and the reason why a lot of people uh in, the, in that community act the way they act is because they really have not been introduced to love of god they really think god hates them so that's why they act like that and and commit suicide and all these different things mm -hmm. because they may have been molested when they were younger mm -hmm. or they may have been introduced to something like i was when i was younger and didn't mm -hmm. know like some of them were two years old playing with dolls and don't realize why they like heels or why they like boy mm -hmm. stuff right. it's something that's been so they say things like i'm born gay right when it's not really you weren't you, god never created anybody to be gay but mm -hmm. just because of what you were introduced to as a child mm -hmm. it, it formed and shaped the way you live in now mm -hmm. and so it's it's important for even me as a lg as a former lgbtqia plus a member to go to that community and give them hope like hey look at me like if christ could change me mm -hmm. he could do the same to you so we got to reach them with truth and love that's so good yeah yep um some an argument that comes up all the time that I see uh, all the time is, well, watching two men kiss does not make you gay or mm -hmm. well, watching two women kiss does not make you gay. It's OK to be inclusive. It's OK to expose your children to that. It's OK to have those conversations and be around those people because that's just life. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to Christians who not only defend that, but encourage that with their children and who willingly open those doors for their children? Right to be exposed to because you wouldn't think that that is something that happens, but it is. Right. Um, many, I, I've spoken to many Christian parents who don't have a problem with that or don't mm -hmm. see an issue with that. You both, or you spoke at length about how as a child you were exposed to RuPaul's right. Drag Race and it already planted a seed mm -hmm. and planted um, the thoughts about it. Um, so what would you say to people who condone those things and who allow those things into their home? Right. The Bible says in Romans chapter one and verse 32 that those who approve of ungodliness will also go to the same place as those who practice ungodliness. Wow. So we're not even called as Christians to approve or support sin. You got some parents who have kids who are gay and they say, well, I just celebrate pride because my kids are gay, but you happen to be Christian. Mm -hmm. That these two don't mix. And right. we have a lot of stuff in the church right now where um, pastors and, and, and folks in the church are, are, are mixing what is divine with what is, what is demonic. And you have a, such a mixture where now it's like a whole bunch of confusion. And the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. And so um, when it comes down to shows, it's not just homosexuality. When it comes down to shows that showcase adultery and murder and all these things, you are opening doors for a lot of things to, to you are training your mind. You're not renewing your mind. And there's a lot of alternative things that we can watch just now like my wife and i we don't even have cable 
TV. We just watch Christian media like Isaiah Saldivar and Marcus Rogers or our Some church. Some people would say we're sermons. doing too much. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, hey, I love Marcus Rogers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vody. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, just renewing our mind and, and staying away from things like I, I'm not going to watch stuff that has sin in there because mm-hmm. I just I, I've, I've left that lifestyle. Look. But That's some, so good. some Christians who are dealing with things who are lukewarm are more on that side of like, OK, well, we just. They're just going to do what they got to do. I don't care. You can teach my kids whatever they want and stuff like that. We just have to love. And and love is not approval. Love yeah. is, love is you know, true love is like, I'm going to tell you the truth because I care about your soul. Yeah. I don't care about your feelings. Yeah. I care about your soul. That's and, so good. Yeah. Um, I like that you said that it's, I like that you said it's not even really a kid thing. Like someone, someone said, I, I read somewhere that even the act of, watching pornography Mm. you're watching the opposite sex have sex you know you're not just watching if you're attracted to men you're not Mm -hmm. just watching a man have sex with another with a woman you're watching a woman also have sex with a man Mm -hmm. and vice versa much less if you you know get into gay porn or anything like that you're already normalizing attraction to the opposite sex and to that person every single time you open that door. Um, I say this about social media all the time. Mm. There is nothing normal about seeing women naked constantly. There's nothing normal about seeing, uh, I'm not picking on her, but seeing Kim Kardashian naked all the time. There's nothing normal about that or following these celebrities that constantly put their bodies on display. There's nothing normal about that to be exposed to it at the rate and at the level we're exposed to. Did you know that our generation has the highest rates of LGBTQIA in centuries, in in a very long time? They've never seen something like this. And it's, yes, it is also, you know, the rise of social media, the normalization of porn, the things we watch. But we as Christians need to be way more vigilant Mm, about the things we consume, about the people we follow, about the way we approach life. Because... These are doors we're unknowingly opening and not only exposing ourselves to, which leads to death, but exposing our children to and our generations and the people that come after us. Mm. And I feel like our, the generations before us are trying to play catch up right. now. Like mm. now there seems to be this this weird sense of urgency like, mm. oh gosh, we didn't realize we were losing an entire generation. And mm. it's not just the world that's noticing this, but it's also the church that's noticing it. Right. And they're like, oh my goodness, if we don't do something at this point, Nearly half of our generation, half of our population will now identify as queer or bisexual or um, any other LGBTQIA, trans, you know, however. And that's why you see so much of it running rampant because there are so many things that I like how you guys keep going back to lukewarm, like that word keeps popping up. Um, And because it's true, we've just desensitized ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It it's a level of conviction. I think I think that we need to have a certain level of conviction towards these things, um, even if you're not sitting at home somewhere watching gay porn. Okay, maybe go and follow that celebrity that just posts bikini pics all the right. time because that's not feeding your soul mm-hmm. anything. Or you know, it's not just women, of course. The guy who's just continuously posting shirtless pics and that's not your right. husband. Like yeah. you don't need to see right. that. You don't yeah. need to be exposed to that. Mm-hmm. We need to take a bigger stand against these things and be more 
like Christ, be willing to be holy, be willing to be set apart, be willing to renew our minds, renew our spirits and continue to do that because the world depends on it. The world needs what we have. The world needs the word of God. The the world needs the Bible. The world needs the truth of Jesus. Not the friendly, cuddly, woke Jesus that doesn't care what you do and doesn't, you know, have any, and there's no heaven or hell. Like, Mm -hmm. no, we need the actual Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. The only one. The way, the truth, and the life. I like how you said holy because the word says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Mm. And when you say the word holy, in, a, in the body of Christ, what pops up in people's head is um, long skirts, suits, and ties. <laughs> right. Because that's what holiness has been portrayed to be. Right. When holiness starts with the heart. Yes, it does. It's not about tattoos or no tattoos. Do you wear this? Do you wear it? That's mm-hmm. legalism. Right. We're talking about a change of heart, mm-hmm. you know, and without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And that's one thing that lacks in the church is that mixing of like that divine and the, what's, what's divine and what's demonic. Like, okay, I'm going to keep this, but I'm going to keep this at the same time. And God says he, he hates that. He hates mm-hmm. when, when, especially when someone accepts him. Mm-hmm. And then chooses to say, okay, I'm going to keep you, God, but I'm going to keep this. It's, it's impossible mm-hmm. to claim this and claim, uh, claim yeah. Christ at the same right. time. Right. You can't serve two masters. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. So good. But all right. Let's let's put a pin in it there yeah. and we'll come back for next week. Um, we're still going to be sitting with Rashad and Caroline. It's still going to be great. It's going to be so good. Um, we're going to close in prayer. And... I, I hope that blessed you. Oh, my goodness. We still have so much to say and to talk about with this yeah. topic. Stay tuned. Um, but all right, let's close in prayer. Rashad, you go ahead. Dear God, thank you for allowing us to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, Father God, and just uplift your name, Father God, and glorify your name and glorify the son, son, your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the way that you've changed our lives, Father God, the way that you've allowed us, Father God, as your word says in Revelations 12, 11, that we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, Father. And I thank you for the grace that you've given us, Father God, to speak, Father God, to your people here in this earth. As your word says, Father God, that those who humble themselves and repent, Father God, that you will uh, that you will heal their land, Father God, and forgive them of their sins. And so, Father God, we just want to thank you, Father God, in advance for the the, the people who have whose hearts have been changed through this podcast episode, Father God. And we pray, Father God, that you continue to water the seed, Father God, of salvation in their hearts. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you um, and pray for my sisters here, Father God, in this podcast, Father God, that your hand may continue to be on it, Lord yes. Jesus, and and grow it, Father God, Lord Jesus, yes. to reach the nations, Father God, with uh, what you have anointed them with, Father God. And we thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. 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 All right, and we will see you guys next week.